she took two red plastic mugs out of her handbag and handed Tom four packets of sugar and a crumpled letter. There you go, young friend, she said, pouring the tea. Curious, Hugo leaned down from the luggage rack. Take your stinky feet off my head, growled Tom, trying to make out in the dim light what the letter said. The ASG tickled Tom's neck with icy fingers. Hugo, for heaven's sake, stop it, cried Tom. Irritated, he took off his glasses and cleaned them. Get lost, your stupid moldy breath steaming up my glasses. Moldy breath? Moldy breath? Hugo wobbled up to the ceiling, looking deeply offended. Your rotten teeth to blame. Tom just shook his head, put his glasses back on, and read aloud. Dear Mr. Hyssop, he raised his head. Why, mister? Well, that's typical, too, Hetty Hyssop replied. People think of a professional ghost hunter, and they imagine a man. Stupid, but very common, unfortunately. Dear Mr. Hyssop, Tom read again. For some days now, peculiar things have been going on in our hotel. Things that I'm sorry to say can't be explained by common sense. Hot water has been coming out of the taps quite abruptly, and our air conditioning system is behaving more and more erratically. Moreover, the most annoying and unpleasant noises can be heard at night, and some of my staff have observed some rather strange things. Since you have an excellent reputation and are obviously the most renowned expert in the field of ghost hunting, I should like to ask you to free us from these tiresome disturbances. However, I do have to consider the good name of our hotel, so I must ask you for the utmost discretion. With best wishes, Alvin Bigshot. Sounds like a small fire ghost. Tom poured the four packets of sugar into his mug. Just a couple of hours' work, I'd say. Exactly my opinion, said Hetty Hyssop, which means we'll be able to spend a couple of pleasant hours on the beach. How do you like that idea? Meanwhile, our dear friend Hugo can stay safely in the hotel cellar. Very nice, groused Hugo from the ceiling. Those fire ghosts are ridiculous idiots. I'd... Quiet, hissed Hetty Hyssop. Steps could be heard coming along the corridor. The compartment door opened and the ticket collector stuck his head through the curtains. Tickets, please. Hetty Hyssop passed him the tickets with a friendly smile. Tom cast a worried look at the ceiling, but Hugo had disappeared behind the suitcase. The ticket collector stamped and returned the tickets to Hetty Hyssop with a nod. But just when he was about to leave the compartment, something grabbed his cap. Something wobbly, cold, and moldy green. Horrified, he looked up. Where his cap floated ten inches above his head, and above the cap, a ghost with flapping hair and garish green eyes grinned down at him maliciously. Hello, Hugo purred. Then he dropped the cap back onto the ticket collector's head, blew his cold and stinky breath into the poor man's face, and disappeared back inside the backpack. Hugo, Tom cried angrily. The ticket collector stood there trembling, his teeth chattering so loudly that the people in the next compartment could hear them. Is there something wrong with the ticket, sir? asked Hetty Hyssop in her deep, reassuring voice. The poor ticket collector couldn't stop trembling. He cast a fearful look around the whole compartment, but there wasn't the teensy-weensiest bit of moldy green anywhere to be seen. Are you looking for something? Tom tried to sound as innocent as possible. The ticket collector wiped his brow and murmured, 
Next stop, Bumble Beach. Then he stumbled out of the compartment as fast as his short legs could carry him and slammed the door behind him. Oh, that silly ASG, groaned Hetty Hyssop. Hugo, have you lost what's left of your ghostly mind? This isn't a pleasure trip. Don't you go showing yourself so quickly again, Tom called up to the luggage rack. You're nothing but trouble. You don't let a poor ghost do anything, came an offended voice from the backpack. You don't know how to have fun. No fun at all. Hetty Hyssop just shook her head. That's what comes of traveling with a ghost. I dare say our own ASG will give us more trouble than Mr. Big Shot's fire ghost. Unfortunately, she was badly mistaken once again. But how was Hetty Hyssop to know that Mr. Big Shot had concealed various important things from her and that she and Tom would soon need Hugo's help rather urgently? Damaged by a Ghost Hyssop and company took a taxi to the hotel. Hugo hid himself in Tom's backpack again and, thankfully, stayed there. Only once did his long white arm come floating out to pinch the taxi driver's ear. Naturally, though, Tom was the prime suspect. The seafront hotel was indeed right on the seafront. A large and beautiful park separated it from the coastal road, and if you went down a couple of wooden steps from the rear veranda, you came out on a private beach full of signs saying, Seafront Hotel Guests Only. Tom had never been in a hotel before, never mind a hotel like this. The only thing that marred the idyllic impression of the place was a big black mark on the roof. Hetty Hyssop didn't like the look of that at all. Strange, she murmured. Very strange indeed. The taxi deposited them by the seafront's main entrance, and a bellboy immediately came running down the immense flight of stairs to carry their bags, an offer Hetty Hyssop refused with a smile. Wow, this is some swank hotel, said Tom as they climbed the steps. I want to see it too, grumbled Hugo from within the backpack. You stay in there for now, hissed Hetty Hyssop. Your little joke on the train was quite enough. In any case, it's much too light. Hetty and Tom passed through the elegant entrance hall and made for the reception desk. A couple of guests were sitting in front of a huge fireplace, but nobody seemed to take much notice of the two ghost hunters. Not doing bad business, considering it's not peak vacation time, observed Tom. He looked around curiously. A short, fat man was standing behind the reception desk, sorting the mail into the guests' pigeonholes. Good morning, said Hetty Hyssop with a friendly smile, putting her business card down on the counter. Would you mind telling Mr. Big Shot that we're here? The little man glanced at the business card, gave a start, and dropped all his letters. Evidently damaged by a ghost, thought Tom. He had come to recognize the signs immediately. Pasty skin, trembling earlobes, chewed bottom lip, and, quite typical for a person haunted by fire ghosts, a faint, barely noticeable smell of burning on his hair and clothes. J just a moment, please. The head receptionist shot off, whereupon the ghost hunters took the opportunity to have an innocent look around the hall. Except for the staff's symptoms, there's no trace of anything, whispered Hetty. Not even any ashes, Tom whispered back. And none of the electric sockets are black, either. Dead right, Hetty Hyssop nodded. Everything's pointing to a harmless attack. Before they could make any further observations, 
the head receptionist returned with the manager in tow. Alvin Bigshot was a large, bald man with a small, perfectly groomed mustache, a white suit, and shoes so highly polished you could see your reflection in them. The sight of Hetty Hyssop and Tom seemed to come as quite a surprise to him. Hyssop and company? he asked. The... He looked around hastily and lowered his voice. The ghost hunters? Mr. Bigshot, I presume? Hetty shook his hand firmly. I suggest we don't stand around here, but go talk in your office. What do you think? The manager nodded uncertainly and showed them to a tastefully furnished office with a massive desk harboring four telephones and a small aquarium crowded with tiny fish. Please, do take a seat, Hetty. Um, hyssop, said Hetty, relieving herself of her suitcase and sitting down. I presume you look so confused because I'm a woman, not to mention quite an old woman. That's stupid, you know, so forget it. The manager opened and shut his mouth like one of his fish. Here on my right, continued Hetty Hyssop, is my assistant Tom. Don't be deceived by his age. He's a highly experienced ghost hunter. I'll introduce my other helper to you once the curtains are shut. Would you mind? Mm, yes, of course. The manager sprang up and drew the curtains. Green, Tom observed with a frown. Are all the hotel curtains green? The manager nodded. Tom shrugged his shoulders. Not the most favorable color when it comes to ghosts, he said. You should consider yourself lucky that we're dealing with fire ghosts here. Really? Um, why's that? asked Mr. Big Shot, tugging nervously at his mustache. Fire ghosts like all colors, explained Tom. Most other ghosts, though, are particularly keen on green. They hate red, but they're attracted to green, especially moldy green. The manager looked...